After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Israhil Aziz stated, that on one occasion, the Promised Messiah والسلام, stated, that I am thankful to Allah the Almighty for granting me a sincere and loyal community. I observe that whenever I call upon them for any task or purpose, they swiftly and passionately come forward in an attempt to excel one another according to their strength and ability. I can see that they possess a spirit of devotion and sincerity. We have observed the expressions of the sincerity the bond and the love towards the promised Messiah and there are countless accounts of the companions of the promised Messiah and also there are narrations in relation to this which have passed down generations in those families who accepted Ahmadiyyat in the very early days. Also, in our literature, we also find mention of these accounts in the sermons and addresses of the Khulafa. However, this relationship that existed with the promised Messiah and that still continues down in their families is also present among those who later joined the community as well and so it should be. However, this relationship is not just limited to that era. In fact, in accordance with the promise of Allah the Almighty, with the promised Messiah there exists an equally strong bond with the succession that followed him. And it is this very bond that is the sign and the guarantor of the unity of the community. Hazrat Masih Mawla Islam ne 
When the promised Messiah informed the community of his departure from this world after having been informed by Allah the Almighty, along with this, in order to reassure the community, the promised Messiah also gave the glad tidings of the establishment of the institution of Khilafat in the community after having been informed about it by Allah the Almighty. Hence, the Promised Messiah wrote in his booklet entitled Al-Wasiyat, i.e. the will, So do not grieve over what I have said to you, nor should your hearts be distressed, for it is essential for you to witness the second manifestation also, and its coming is better for you, because it is everlasting, the continuity of which will not end until the day of judgment. And that second manifestation cannot come unless I depart. But when I depart, God will send the second manifestation for you. We shall always stay with you, just as promised by God in Brahine The promised Messiah further states, and this promise is not for my person. Rather, the promise is with reference to you, as God addressing me states, that I shall make this Jamaat, who are your followers, prevail over others till the day of judgment. And so, after the demise of the promised Messiah, According to the promise of Allah the Almighty, the institution of Khilafat was established. However, the mere establishment of an institution or a system does not hold any significance unless there is a relationship between the Khalifa of the time and the members of the community based on sincerity, loyalty, devotion and love. And such a bond can only be created by Allah the Almighty alone. No human or any human endeavor can create or sustain such a relationship. And it is this bond that is the guarantor of the unity and the progress of the community. Moreover, this is also an evidence and a proof for the fulfillment of the promise of Allah the Almighty and of His continuous support of the promised Messiah and of the truthfulness of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. The relationship that members of the community have with Khilafat is possessed by those who have been Ahmadi from birth as well as those who have recently joined. Similarly, by children, youth, men and women, and also by such Ahmadis who live far away and have never even seen the Khalifa of the time. All of these individuals are part of this. Moreover, 
All of these people have excelled in sincerity and loyalty and they continuously try to excel further. Whenever they receive an instruction or a message from the Khalifa of the time, they try to act upon it. And they express their love and relationship in such a manner that one is truly astounded. And all of these things are a practical evidence for the fulfillment of the promise of Allah the Almighty. And as I mentioned, that the progress of the community is also tied to this relationship. The relationship that the community has with the Khalifa and the Khalifa of the time has with the community is an evidence of the continuous support of Allah the Almighty. And these are not just empty words, rather they are supported by hundreds of thousands of accounts where the members of the community have expressed these sentiments. And if all of these accounts were gathered, they would result in countless volumes of books. Nevertheless, at this moment in time, I will narrate some accounts of the sentiments and feelings which the members of the community have always had and will continue to have for the Khalifa of the time. This started right after the demise of the Promised Messiah والسلام, and 112 years later, they continue till this very day. The opponents of the Jamaat believed that this community would come to an end after the demise of the promised Messiah However, the determination, affection and relationship of sincerity and devotion towards Khilafat and the promised Messiah are continuously increasing. And after all, why wouldn't they? As this is in accordance with the prophecies of the Holy Prophet In any case, I will now present some accounts and I will start by narrating one or two accounts relating to the time of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the first radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. The editor of Al-Badr newspaper writes in relation to the days when Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the first radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was unwell. He stated, that during these days, many letters are being received from members inquiring about the health of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the first radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and praying for his health and well-being. Regarding these letters, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the first radiyallahu ta'ala anhu stated that I pray for each and every one of those who are writing to me in relation to my health. The editor writes that the ardent devotees are expressing their affection in an astonishing manner, and I present the text of some of the letters as an example. Hakim Muhammad Hussain Sahib Qureshi writes that one day I prayed to Allah the Almighty that, O oh my Master, the needs of Hazrat Nuh were limited to a certain area, and only you are aware of the needs of today. Thus, accept our supplications and grant our Imam a life as long as Hazrat Nuh.
Then, Brother Muhammad Hassan Sahib Punjabi writes from Madras, I became so overjoyed reading the news of the recovery of Hazrat Sahib, i.e. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, that only my benevolent master and merciful God is aware of it. Following this, the editor writes that love is a strange thing. Our friend Mia Muhammad Baksh Sahib, who resides in Australia and works in the trade industry, writes in one of his letters that the heading at the bottom of the newspaper from Qadian in relation to Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I should not only comprise of the words of Khalifatul Masih, but within the heading it should also contain words in relation to his health and well-being. And the reason for this is that as soon as we open the Badr newspaper, the very first words our longing eyes search for are the words of this heading, and it is our desire that such words are included in this very heading, which will immediately grant comfort to our hearts before reading the actual passages inside the newspaper. The editor writes that we honor the sincerity of our dear friend and therefore we have produced a heading in accordance with his wish. Then Hazrat Abu Abdullah Sahib of Kehwa Bajwa, who was a companion of the Promised Messiah, alayhi salatu wassalam, mentions that he was once sat in the company of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, and requested to be given some guidance. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, stated, And Mulvi Sahib, I do not believe there is anything which ought to be done that you haven't already carried out. Now the only thing that remains is to memorize the Holy Qur'an. Hence, after hearing the words of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih I, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, he started memorizing the Holy Qur'an at the age of approximately 65 and became a half Qur'an, i.e. one who has committed the entire Qur'an to memory. Thus, this was the spirit of seeking to implement and acting in accordance with the instructions of Khalifatul Masih. Then during the era of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II when the Shuddhi movement gained strength and momentum and observing this Hazrat Muslim became greatly anxious. This movement began in the area of Malkana and during his Friday sermon the very same year on 9th March 1923 Hazrat Muslim presented a scheme to the members of the Jamaat to travel to those areas on their own expense in order to preach who had turned away from their faith and invite them back to Islam. The Jamaat passionately responded to this call and highly educated individuals, government workers, teachers and traders, in short devotees from all walks of life called people towards God in these areas. And as a result of their efforts, Thousands of souls once again declared the Kalimur, a Muslim creed of the one God. One day, while sitting in the company of Hazur, an elderly gentleman, Qari Naimuddin Sahib Bengali, took permission from Hazur and said that even though my sons, Molvi Zilur Rahman and Matiur Rahman, a BA student, 
I have not mentioned this to me. However, I felt that yesterday when Hazur spoke about dedicating one's life and going to Rajputana in order to call people towards God and also the conditions which Hazur mentioned that one would have to live under, they might have reservations in their heart that if they offer their services to Hazur, I, the old father, will be troubled. However, I hold God Almighty witness in the presence of Hazur and say that I am not the slightest bit sorrowful or distressed at them leaving and to face hardships. And I emphatically say that even if both of them were killed whilst working for the cause of God, I would not shed a single tear. Rather, I would express my gratitude to God Almighty. And this is not just in relation to these two sons of mine. In fact, even if my third son, Mahbubur Rahman, were killed whilst rendering his services, and even if I had ten other sons who would be killed as well, I would not express any sorrow. Upon this, Hazur, as well as the members of the Jamaat, said, Jazakumullah, I may Allah reward you. In 1924, when Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II travelled for his tour of Europe, even this temporary separation made the members of the Jamaat restless. This can be gauged from the following narration. Babu Sirajuddin Sahib, a station master, writes, My master, we are far away and helpless. And if it were possible, we would have become the dust under Hazur's feet, so that we would not have to endure the pain of this separation. My master, I did not visit Darul Aman, Aikadiyan, for four years now. However, my heart was content at the fact that whenever I desired, I could go and kiss Hazur's feet. Now, even one day of separation is proving to be difficult. May Allah the Almighty soon bring Hazur back in good health and with success and victory. Thus, who can develop such a relationship of love? Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II states that a young man heard about my scheme which I announced last year. And this young man lived in the district of Sargodha and travelled to Afghanistan without a passport. He thought that as this is the instruction of the Khalifa of the time, and due to the bond with him, it is absolutely necessary to act upon it. The directive was to do tabligh, i.e. preach. So as soon as he heard it, he went to Afghanistan and began preaching, even without his passport. The government detained him and placed him in jail. And there too, he would preach to the prisoners and prison guards. It is also there that Ahmadis acquired further knowledge and where he influenced some of the people. Eventually, the prison officers filed a report stating that he was also influencing those in the prison. The clerics issued a fatwa of death against him. But the minister said that he is a citizen of the British Empire, therefore they cannot execute him. In the end, the government sent him under their protection to India. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II writes that he returned after several months. The extent of this person's determination was such that when I told him that he had made a mistake and that there were many other countries he could have gone to and preached without being detained, he immediately replied by saying, that he would go to any country I suggested. The young man's mother is still alive, yet he was ready to travel to another country without having first met her. But upon my instructions, he then went to see his mother. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II states that if other young men would show the same determination as this young man from Punjab who travelled to Afghanistan, then we could bring about a revolution in the whole world within a short period of time.
Then there is an account of a Syrian brother by the name of Muhammad al-Shawasai. When Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II visited Syria, he also had the honor to travel alongside him to Lebanon. He was a very good lawyer and had an extremely strong relationship and bond with Khilafat. Since he was a lawyer, he would normally like everything to be supported with evidence. But whenever he was told that this was an instruction by the Khalifa of the time, he would say that this is sufficient. Once an instruction has been received, then the matter is finished and this is the final decision. Thus, such was the relationship these people had with Khilafat. Then came the era of the third Khalifa, wherein there was an American lady by the name Naima Latif Sahiba, who had boundless love and affection for Khilafat and the Khalifa of the time, and who always gave absolute priority to obedience to the Khalifa of the time. During the tour of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III, Rahimahullah, to America, he delivered an address at a university on the topic of the importance of the veil. After listening to this address of Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III, Rahimahullah, she straightway began wearing the hijab, i.e. the Islamic veil, and she became the only woman in that time and in the vicinity to be seen wearing the Islamic veil. As it was the instruction of the Khalifa of the time, and due to her bond with Khilafat, she had a longing to fulfill the instruction, and moreover, as she had taken the oath of allegiance, she wished to act upon it right away. Then Nazir Ahmed Sahib, Sahwal of Khanewal district, narrated an incident about a sincere Ahmadi, Meher Mukhtar Ahmed Sahib of Bagar Sargana. Whilst relating this incident, he states that in the circumstances during 1974, the opponents had made Meher Sahib's life very difficult. Furthermore, as a result of his passionate calling to the way of Allah the Almighty, his kindred began opposing him very severely and boycotted him completely. Nevertheless, this strengthened his faith further and he increased the scope of his acquaintances and friends. The opponents also increased in their opposition and made more and more plots and schemes against him. And so, for the sake of his children's education and to grow up in a pure environment, he sold his plot of farmland and rented a plot near Rabwa and began cultivating it. When Meher Saab met Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III, Rahimahullah, and informed him that he had sold his land in Bagar Sargana, which was the name of his village, and subsequently acquired a land on lease near Rabwa, and had begun planting crops, Hazur Rahimahullah did not approve of this, as the area should not have been left void of Ahmadis. Thereupon, Meher Sahib acted immediately in accordance and demanded the money back from the landlord for the lease. But after he had been refused, he left all the crops and returned to his land in Bagar Sargana without the lease money. He then tried to buy his land back that he had sold, 
and purchased it at a higher price again and then went to Hazrat Khalifa al-Masih III to inform him that he had acted according to his instructions. Hazur Rahimahullah expressed his joy upon hearing this and Mehrsai was also very pleased as a result. Hazrat Khalifa al-Masih III once mentioned in a sermon that I went on a tour of Africa in 1970 and one of our missionaries there made a program which posed great difficulty for me because after travelling 100 miles to a place we arrived at such a time that I was unable to personally meet all the members of the community there. The difficulty was not because the trip was approximately 100 miles but it was due to the fact that the program was so brief that he could not personally meet the people of the community there as he had to deliver an address there where there were also Christians from other countries in attendance. Hazrat Khalifa al-Masih III rahimahullah continues that I delivered the address and a series of questions and answers went on for a long time. And when a significant amount of time had passed, the missionary announced that there would not be the chance to shake hands, i.e. with Hazur. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III, Rahimahullah, states, But I was visiting those people who were meeting the Khalifa of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community for the first time in their lives, and they knew not when there would arise such an occasion again in their lives. Despite the announcement being made, they rushed forward to shake hands, as the Khalifa al-Masih III rahimahullah further states that the private secretary and others in the entourage had no clue where they had ended up due to the force of the local Ahmadis pushing ahead and they began shaking hands with me. As the Khalifa al-Masih III rahimahullah states that they started shaking my hand but it was no ordinary meeting for every single individual will take my hand and they will not let go of it. They will continue looking at me and not let go of my hand. The person waiting next in line would become restless and he would place his one hand on the other individual's arm and with his other hand hold onto my hand in order to separate it and then he himself would shake my hand. And this happened with scores of people. Similarly then, he too would not let go of my hand and then the next person would have to do the same all over again. As the Khalifa al-Masih III rahimahullah states, so it was only with great difficulty that we returned from that place. Hazrat Khalifa al-Masih III rahimahullah then states that I say to the non-Ahmadis, I do not say to our own members, as they are already aware regarding the bond between Khilafat and the members of the community, but to others I say that I am not foolish to be under the impression that it is due to any quality on my part that such love has been developed in the hearts of these people who live five to six thousand miles away, who have never seen me, nor knew much about me, to all of a sudden come forward so uncontrollably to meet me. In fact, this love is purely created by Allah the Almighty. <coughs> then comes the era of Hazrat Khalifa al-Masih IV. He states that the extraordinary changes happening in Africa are a result of the sacrifices made by the early life devotees. The astonishing revolution taking place in Africa nowadays is so wonderful that even the community members there cannot fathom the extent to which the tremendous changes are happening in their countries. 
Some of the more experienced members and those who have influence in the government have told me themselves that they are not aware of how much their countries have advanced in their love and cooperation with the community and just how prepared they are at this time to receive this message. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV Rahimahullah further states that one person whose name and country would not be appropriate to mention stated that I cannot even begin to understand what is happening. It was beyond my imagination that our nation would be able to render such service to the Khalifa of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and would have the opportunity to express this love. This was something I could not even imagine. What I have witnessed here is something we only see shown towards leaders of countries and even then it is only from a worldly perspective. But aside from them I have not seen this happen with any other person. He further stated that this is not due to the efforts of the community Rather, what is happening is from the unseen and is happening in an astonishing manner. Hence, this is all brought about by Allah the Almighty Himself. Then, with regards to Pakistan, on one occasion, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV Rahimahullah pointed out some of the problems and ills found there and mentioned about the inappropriate use of video cassettes. He stated that I announced in a sermon that some ill customs have become prevalent which will result in a nation's morals to be destroyed and the peace within households to vanish and the loyalty between husband and the wife to break and bring about obstructions and a distance in their relationship. Therefore, do not let this trend thrive and spread. And subsequently, I received letters from Pakistan which caused my heart to prostrate before God Almighty. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih IV Rahimahullah states that I received letters from Pakistan which caused my heart to prostrate before God Almighty over and over. Those people who were engrossed in certain ill habits had written plainly that they had engaged in wrong actions, but it is purely due to the grace of Allah the Almighty, that they are part of the community of the Promised Messiah And when my call reached them, they rid their hearts of these false idols. Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the fourth Rahimahullah further states, Thus, the quality within the community to hearken to a call is the essence of its truthfulness. And no lie in the world can bring about the spirit of truthfulness. <clears throat> then there are accounts in my era I travelled to Nigeria in 2004 and it was only for two days as there was no initial plan to visit the country but it happened by chance as our flight was from there however upon arriving there I realised that it was actually very important for us to have visited the country and if we had not done so it would have been very wrong Shortly before my visit, the Jalsa Salana, i.e. the annual convention of the Nigeria Jamaat had just taken place and a large number of members had attended the Jalsa. Therefore, it was not expected that upon my arrival, people would be able to travel from long distances. However, they still travelled to see me for just two hours and approximately 30,000 men and women gathered. Moreover, to witness their sincerity and loyalty, was indeed a wondrous sight.
The relationship of such loyalty and love is truly indescribable. Some of them had never even physically seen the Khalifa of the time before, and yet it was so astonishing to see the manner in which they expressed their emotions. During the silent prayer upon departing, some of them were overcome with such fervent emotions that one was astounded. However, it is Allah the Almighty alone who can instill such love and this love can only be expressed for the sake of Allah the Almighty. The Maulvis, i.e. the Muslim clerics, claim that in such and such African country they were able to close the mission of the Jamaat and in such and such country the people have promised that they will shut it down. Similarly, they make all kinds of claims that they have done such and such thing. However, one should ask them that the sincerity and loyalty which those people express and now through MTA we are also able to witness this and have witnessed it for ourselves as well by actually going there. How is this all possible? Is this as a result of the missions being closed? In any case, they can continue making all kinds of claims they wish to make. However, for us all of these things serve as a means of further strengthening and increasing our faith. Then in 2008, I visited Ghana and by the grace of Allah the Almighty, the Jamaat has purchased a large area of land which is approximately 500 acres. The Jalsa was held there and many men and women had already reached there prior to my arrival. The land was initially used as a poultry farm and its sheds were made into barracks for the purpose of providing accommodation with doors and windows added to them as well. However, Despite these arrangements, there was a shortage of space, but not a single person complained. Many of those who were attending the Jalsa were well off, including businessmen, school teachers and other professionals. But if they couldn't find any arrangements for accommodation, they simply laid down their sheet on the floor and slept outside. Generally, the Ghanaian people demonstrate a lot of patience, but they exhibited patience even more so during the days of the Jalsa. In fact, someone even inquired from one or two of them who had slept outside that they must have endured a lot of discomfort. But they replied that they had come merely to attend the Jalsa which was being held in the presence of the Khalifa of the time. Therefore, what difference would two days of temporary hardship make? They were happy that Allah the Almighty had granted them the opportunity to participate in the Jalsa. People had also travelled from Burkina Faso to attend the Jalsa in Ghana and from various other neighbouring countries as well. I found out that those who had travelled from Burkina Faso was quite a large delegation 
and some of them did not receive any food. They were approximately 3,000 and this was the largest delegation which had travelled to Ghana, including 300 Khuddam who had travelled by cycle covering a distance of 1,600 kilometres. In any case, I instructed one of the missionaries there that they should apologise to them and they ought to take care of them from now. When they conveyed the message of apology, they replied that the purpose for which they had travelled has been achieved. They stated that food was no issue for them, for they eat food every day. It is possible that owing to their straitened circumstances, they may not even have food to eat daily. But nevertheless, they said that it was not every day that one is able to partake of the spiritual nourishment which they were now receiving. The Jamaat in Burkina Faso has not been established since a very long time. In fact, at the time of my visit to Ghana, it had only been 10 to 15 years since its establishment, and now it must be around 30 years. However, they continue to excel in their sincerity, loyalty and love. Their financial condition can be gauged from the fact that throughout their stay of around four to seven days, they remain in the same clothes they had travelled in and in their return journey as well. They had slowly been saving money so they could travel for the Jalsa, which was the Jalsa in the centenary year of Khilafat and was being held in the presence of the Khalifa of the time and therefore they wanted to make every effort to ensure they could attend. Thus, who else can instill such love in people other than Allah the Almighty? Moreover, those Khudam who travelled by cycle, their level of sincerity is also evident by the fact that they continuously travelled for seven days, stopping at various locations. Among them were members who were even 50 to 60 years of age, and two of them were children aged 13 to 14. <laughs> the Sadr Khudamul Ahmadiyya, i.e. president of the youth organization at the time, was asked about their journey and was mentioned that it must have been quite difficult. However, he replied that the early Muslims rendered countless sacrifices for the sake of Islam and they also desired that their Khuddam be ready to offer any kind of sacrifice. And so, they wanted to do something in the centenary year of Khilafat which would enable them to express their sincerity and loyalty with Khilafat. And so that they could tell the Khalifa of the time that they were ready to offer any kind of sacrifice and accept any challenge. And when they were about to begin their journey, a representative of a TV channel asked them about their cycles, which were in extremely poor condition and very basic cycles. They were not like the ones here in Europe. However, the representative of the Jamaat replied that though their cycles were in poor conditions, but their faith and resolve was strong, and they were completing this journey as a way of expressing their gratitude for being bestowed with the reward of Khilafat. And when the national TV station published this news, the headline read that travelling for the sake of Allah from Waga to Accra to commemorate the centenary year of Khilafat. 
Waga is the capital city of Burkina Faso, and Accra is the capital city of Ghana. It further mentioned that although their cycles are in poor condition, but their faith is extremely resolute. This was one of the headlines which the newspapers published. These Ahmadis were not Ahmadis from birth or the progeny of companions. In fact, they live thousands of miles away, in areas where there are not even proper roads or no roads at all to reach them. Some of them live in areas which do not even have access to water and electricity. And having accepted Ahmadiyyat only a few years ago, they demonstrated such examples of sincerity and loyalty that one is truly left astounded. In certain areas, the circumstances of extreme poverty have caused them great distress. However, after having entered the community of the ardent devotee of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, they have developed such sincerity and whenever it is a question of their faith, their resolve and determination is strong like a rock and they are always ready to offer any sacrifice and are filled with such deep love. Thus, we should always pray that may Allah the Almighty continue to increase them in their faith and loyalty and also increase us in our faith and loyalty as well. A member from Burkina Faso, Isa Sahib, stated that he did the birth in 2005. At the time, it had been three years since he had become Mahmadi, and he said, that after three years, it is only today that I have realized how fortunate I am and what I have truly found. He said that it is not possible to express my happiness in words because today I have seen and met the Khalifa of the time. Among them were some whose love for Khilafat was evident from the tears flowing from their eyes. Therefore, this is the level of sincerity and loyalty which is being developed in the newly formed Jamaats. Last year, a certain individual tried to cause disorder by exploiting a misconception and some of the youths of this very sincere Jamaat became under his influence and started to act a little indifferently. And although they were still Ahmadis, but they began to distance themselves from the Nizam, i.e. the administrative structure of the Jamaat. In any case, I sent a local missionary to them from Mali, Nawaz Sahib. He went there and explained to them that on the one hand they claimed to have a bond and relationship with Khilafat, and on the other hand they were trying to distance themselves from the Nizam. Therefore this was not correct. Subsequently, almost all of them began to write letters of apology and they said that they became influenced owing to a misunderstanding and a lack of training. However, they further stated that they had a relationship of utmost loyalty with Khilafat and that they could not even think of distancing themselves from Khilafat. And so, by the grace of Allah the Almighty, they once again became a part of the Nizam al Thus, it was owing to their lack of training that they deviated 
Otherwise, when the matter was clearly explained to them, they immediately realized their error and expressed their full loyalty with Khilafat. And moreover, they stated that even when they had distanced themselves, they did not detach from Khilafat, but only from some of the office bearers. Therefore, this is their level of loyalty and sincerity. Similarly, those who had come from Gambia, Ivory Coast, and various other countries all expressed similar sentiments and emotions. Each of them were expressing their sincerity, loyalty and devotion in their own unique way. I have previously mentioned this as well, that during the occasion of the Jalsa Salana in Ghana, there was quite a distance from our residence to the Jalsa Ga. Since it was a meandering road, therefore it was almost a distance of one kilometer. However, the women and men would line up and would have children lifted in their hands in order to convey the salam. There would be a display of such deep love and emotion. There were almost 50,000 women in attendance at the Jalsa of the centenary year of Khilafat, and they were all expressing their sincerity and loyalty with Khilafat. Their deep love was evident from their eyes, their conduct and their faces. They also know how to safeguard their prayers as well, and they would actively take part in the Tahajjud prayer and the congregational prayers. As I mentioned, that when I travelled to Nigeria, it was only for two days. In fact, this particular incident is relating to when I visited the second time and travelled by road from Benin. Or perhaps I believe it is relating to the first visit in 2004. But in any case, we stopped at a place where initially we had not planned to stop. I believe this was actually in 2004. But in any case, it was mentioned that a new mosque had been constructed which they wanted me to see. The members had also gathered there and it was the desire of the men and the children to shake my hand and also the women wanted to come forward as well to see me. However, due to the shortage of time it was not possible to shake everyone's hand but those who persisted in their efforts managed to shake my hand. There was also a particular moment where the crowd was pressing ahead and one of the members of our entourage told one of the ladies to move a little back. However, this lady became so angry and it seemed as if she was about to lift him and throw him away. She said that who are you to come between me and my Khalifa? Thus, such were their emotions. However, after a short while, I told them all to quieten down and take their seats and it was only thereafter that the Ahmadis, who were in their hundreds, quietly sat down. Therefore, such was their bond and relationship with Khilafat. People often assume that people living in the USA are very materialistic and have very little connection with faith. However, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih III Rahimahullah also narrated an incident of how he once received a letter issuing a threat. And when this news reached people, there were two Ahmadi members who were professional security guards and they travelled themselves and stood guard outside his residence all night. 
In any case, the members of the USA also have a lot of sincerity. And whenever I have visited USA, they have always expressed their sincerity and loyalty. And then delegations from USA also come here to visit and they also express their sincerity and loyalty for Khilafat. Therefore, their conduct in itself refutes this notion that they are only immersed in worldly pursuits. Similarly, the youths who are on duty spend their entire time with me throughout my tour and some of them even risk their businesses and employments. There were some members who mentioned that they had only recently started a new job but they could not get leave to attend the Jalsa and see me. Therefore, they left their jobs and came. Similarly, Khuddam from Canada display the same spirit. Hence, whether it be youth, children and women belonging to USA, Canada or any other country of Europe for that matter, everywhere one can find such examples of sincerity and loyalty. However, this sincerity and loyalty cannot be instilled in a person through human effort. A few years ago, I delivered a sermon in Germany in which I spoke about displaying obedience and sincerity towards Khilafat. In fact, it was not just addressed for the people of Germany, but for everyone, and should be considered this way. However, due to the situation there, I gave a few examples from within Germany. In any case, Ahmadis from all over the world responded to this and wrote letters expressing their complete obedience and loyalty for Khilafat. Similarly, the members in Germany also expressed similar sentiments. In fact, some of them particularly mentioned that as office bearers they would at times offer their own interpretations and inferences of the directives they received and that in future they will, inshallah, God willing, not act in this manner. So may Allah the Almighty enable them as well as the rest of the world to act according to this. Qasim Sahib from Jordan writes, The most beautiful and greatest proof of the truthfulness of the promised Messiah is that God Almighty Himself has instilled the love and obedience of Khilafat in my heart. He states that a few years ago when I decided to take the bath, a thought crossed my mind that whether or not the Jamaat is still established on the right path and fulfills the wishes of the promised Messiah Up until this point, I had no idea about Khilafat. Upon this, Allah the Almighty showed me in a dream that Khalifatul Masih was spreading peace and tranquility and was issuing verdicts between those who quarrel and argue. He then states, that after this I placed my hand upon yours and he was writing to me and kissed the ring and upon which I instantly felt your love and comfort. An extraordinary sense of love was instilled in my heart which is increasing day by day. He states that I wish to renew my pledge of allegiance and distance myself from every person who removes themselves from your obedience. 
اور آپ کی اطاعت سے نکلنے والے ہر شخص سے بیزاری کا اظہار کرتا ہوں In Bulgaria, our opponents have left no stone unturned in our position. After a long time, the Jamaat has now been officially registered, whereas the registration had been cancelled previously. The Mufti, i.e. the Islamic scholar, or the expert in the field of jurisprudence of Bulgaria, even tried to persuade some Ahmadis to leave the Jamaat by offering them money and other enticements. But by the grace of Allah the Almighty, not only are the Ahmadis there resolute in their faith, but they are expressing their sincerity even more than before and have demonstrated their relationship of loyalty towards Khilafat the Ahmadiyya. In fact, one woman was visited by three men and asked her to abandon Ahmadiyya and to join with them, and in return they even offered her to provide her with assistance. In reply to them, this Mujahidah, one who strives in the way of God, answered firmly saying that Ahmadiyyad is true and I have recently met my Khalifa. Furthermore, God Almighty has shown me three dreams in which he showed me that Ahmadiyyad is true. Therefore, there is no way that I would leave Ahmadiyyad. Then the current missionary in charge of Benin writes, that in a recent jalsa, i.e. gathering for the new converts, Razak Sahib who attended the event said that in the world if someone is faced with a problem, they would go to their chief. And if he was unable to resolve the issue, he would go to the governor of the province. And after that he would go to the mayor and subsequently the minister. Eventually he would go to the president. And even then there is no certainty that he would listen or help him. However, the system of the Ahmadiyya Jamaat is extraordinary. We have a Khalifa who understands the issues of every single person, irrespective of their language, race or background. He further stated that it is owing to the blessings of Khilafat Ahmadiyya that we are now attached to the Holy Quran and that the Islam brought by the Holy Prophet وسلم, has now reached us. Then Leila Saiba from France says that I performed the Baith, i.e. Pledge of Allegiance, in 2017. And every morning I read the letter you wrote to me, which has completely transformed my life. I pray for you to be granted protection, help and support in every prayer of mine. Now this prayer can only be offered as a result of Allah the Almighty's grace bestowed by Him alone. She states that after taking the Baith, I have become a new person altogether. The missionary serving in the San region of Mali writes that a member of our Jamaat, Abdul Rahman Kolibali Sahib, who has passed away recently, that a short while before his demise he gathered all of his children and said that if I was younger and I had the strength to walk about, I would go to the mission house and render any service the Jamaat required of me. He also advised his children that he had two months of outstanding chanda and he is unsure what the future holds. Thus they ought to pay the arrears so that he does not depart this world in debt. And the third advice he gave his children was to remain attached to Khilafat and never show disloyalty to it and to always pay their chanda by monetary contributions. Then Amir Sahib of Gambia writes that a lady named Rahmat Jalo Sahib performed the bath and after she was informed about offering sacrifices in the way of Allah the Almighty she immediately took out 100 dalasi 
She owns a small shop, but she gave Chanda, which was greater than her means, and said that she only desired the love of Allah the Almighty and his Khalifa. She further said that it was owing to this love that she gave the Chanda and offered sacrifices in the way of Allah the Almighty. Izzat Aman Sahib from Tajikistan writes When my mother was 72 years old she fell severely ill Her health had deteriorated over the years due to heart condition and anxiety issues Owing to the verdict of the doctors my relatives were not hopeful He then further writes that at the time I had met with the Khalifa and because of this relationship with him I was convinced that if I requested for prayers it would certainly be accepted. He further writes In any case, when I wrote for prayers I received a reply in which homeopathic medicines had also been prescribed. My mother recovered and at present she is 79 years old. This was at the time he wrote this and she now even intends to go for Hajj. And this was all due to having a relationship with Khilafat and a result of the prayers of the Khalifa of the time that Allah the Almighty has granted her a long life. Allah the Almighty ensures such accounts take place in order to strengthen one's faith and conviction, in order to demonstrate that the promised Messiah was indeed truthful and sent by Allah the Almighty. Tahir Nadeem Sahib has written an account showing the love and affection of an Ahmadi child has for Khilafat. He states that during a visit to Turkey I had the chance to visit the home of an Ahmadi family. I had only just sat down when a three or four year old child came and after greeting me he whispered in my ear that he wished to send a letter to Hazul and that would I take it for him. I agreed to take the letter. At this the child scribbled two lines on a piece of paper and when I asked what he had written in the letter, he replied that I have written that Hazur, I love you. Tahir Sahib says that he then gave the letter and the reply also went to them. And according to the child's father, when he received the reply to his letter, the child as well as the rest of the family were overcome with joy and could not contain their excitement. Similarly, the missionary in charge of Macedonia writes another incident about a child. He writes, During a visit to Bosnia, owing to our preaching endeavours, I became acquainted with a Pakistani gentleman and met him a few times. He told me that some time ago, he had met a family at Dubai airport. They had a three or four-year-old daughter who was advising everyone to offer prayers and to speak the truth. He says that when I learned that the family belonged to the Ahmadiyya community, I asked the girl what was her greatest desire, to which she replied that I wished to meet my beloved Khalifa who resides in London. 
He then said that this had a lasting impression on him, that a girl of such a young age only desired to meet with her Khalifa. Likewise, recently when I prohibited children playing a video game because of the harmful habits that can develop as a result of playing that, initially parents were worried as to how they would stop their children. However, many parents have written to me saying that after listening to my sermon, the children themselves said that since the Khalifa has prohibited that game, they will not play it. And even now I receive many letters in which they ask if they are permitted to play for a short time. And so this shows that they have a realization that owing to their relationship with the Khalifa, they are not to deceive him, nor do they do those things which the Khalifa has prohibited for their own sake. The missionary from Honduras writes, that a local Ahmadi, Percy Morio, was facing certain difficulties. Seeing his situation and his difficulties, I advised him to write to the Khalifa for prayers. He states that after writing the letter, most of his troubles resolved themselves. He said he was granted a hidden power and this increased him in his belief and conviction in Khilafat. A Fadi Sahib from Morocco writes, that my heart and my entire life is enlightened with the blessings and mercy of Allah the Almighty. I am grateful to Allah the Almighty who has granted me guidance. When I see you, I become intoxicated with an extraordinary feeling. I have never sat with you nor ever spoken to you. Undoubtedly, this is true love and bestowed by the power of God Almighty. May Allah the Almighty always grant you His help and succor. Then Iman Sahiba from Yemen writes that I love Hazur more than myself, my children and my family. He is the peace and comfort of my heart. I am hopeful that Allah the Almighty will ensure that all matters return to normal. She further states that the advent of the promised Messiah and after him the Khulafa was to bring about peace and reconciliation after the discord and so that the burden of our saddened hearts may be removed. My condition is similar to the saying of the Holy Prophet peace be upon him when he said that O Allah, I care for nothing other than for you not to be displeased with me. She further stated that I pray to Allah the Almighty to be included amongst those fortunate ones whom you love and are pleased with their family. Tawfiq Sahib from Tunisia writes that we love you daily. We have boarded your ship through which we receive our guidance and moral training. We have tasted the fountain of the promised Messiah and quenched our thirst from it. We are resolute upon our pledge. We can never reform ourselves unless we remain attached with you. We don't desire anything from this world. All that we desire is to be part of this blessed Jamaat. I request for prayers to remain firm on my pledge and to be granted the opportunity to act in accordance with it and also for the Muslims to become united. 
Nonetheless, I have presented just a few examples from which it becomes clear that it is only Allah the Almighty who can instill loyalty and sincerity in the hearts of people and no worldly power can take that away from them. The promised Messiah stated that you will see the fulfillment of Allah the Almighty's promises. Thus, we ought to pray that many people as possible among us are given the opportunity to witness the fulfillment of these promises. I would now like to make an announcement regarding MTA. This was also a promise of God Almighty vouchsafed to the promised Messiah about the spread of his message throughout the world. From 27th May on Yom Khilafat or Khilafat Day, the MTA channels have been reorganized, the details of which I shall mention. In the beginning, there were some difficulties in certain areas, particularly in USA, but should now have been resolved. And I would like to mention that MTA has now been split into eight different channels, which has been divided according to locations. MTA1 will principally be for residents of UK and some of the European countries. The main languages of this channel will be English and Urdu, i.e. the programs broadcast on this channel will be in the Urdu and English language, and programs in other languages will also be shown with Urdu and English translations. Live programs of mine and other live recorded programs on MTA One World will also be broadcast on the rest of the MTA channels. MTA Two Europe, this channel will be for viewers residing in Europe and the Middle East. On this channel, programs will be broadcast in English, Turkish, French, Spanish, German, Dutch, Russian, and Persian. At present, different languages are broadcast in two-hour slots. Programs will be added to the aforementioned languages accordingly. MTA3 Al Arabiya, this channel will continue to broadcast in its existing format, and Arabic is the main language of this channel. MTA4 Africa, this channel will be for viewers in Western and Eastern Africa and the main languages of this channel are English, French and Swahili and programs in these aforementioned languages will air on this channel. Then there is MTA5 Africa. This channel will be for viewers in Western Africa and the main language of this channel will be English. And in addition to this, there will be programs in Creole, Hausa, Chui, Yoruba. Then there is MTA6 Asia. This channel will be on Asia Sat. This will be for viewers in Asia, the Far East, Indonesia, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, Russia and so on. The main languages of this channel will be Urdu, English and Indonesian. 
The programs on this channel will be broadcast in English, Bangla, Sindhi, Pashto, Saraiki, Persian and Russian. Previously as well, channels were running in a similar way. However, they have been regionalized further so relevant programs will broadcast for countries according to their time zones. Then there is MTA7 Asia. This is a HD channel that can be accessed through smaller satellite dishes. This will be for viewers in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Nepal and so on. The languages on this channel will be Urdu, Bangla and Hindi. In addition, there will be programs in Tamil and Malayalam. Then there is MTA8 America. This will be for viewers in America, North America, Canada and so on. All of these programs were essentially already running in this format and will continue in the same way. Only a few adjustments and variations have been implemented in schedules on these channels now. Anyhow, MTA8 America, as it has been named, will be for viewers in America, North America, Canada and so on. And the languages and programs on this channel will be in English and Urdu and also programs in French and Spanish will be broadcast as well. The following live programs will also air on these various channels. Rai Huda Al Hiwar Al Mubashir and the Bangla program will feature on all MTA channels with translations in various languages. Then there is MTA Journal Islam. This is a program in German and will feature on MTA2 Europe. Then Horizon Islam, a French program, will broadcast with translations on MTA1, MTA2 Europe, MTA4 Africa and MTA5 Africa. And Intakhabe Sukhan and some other programs will also feature on MTA1, MTA2 Europe, MTA6 Asia and MTA7 Asia. In any case, these modifications have been made accordingly with these channels. Sometimes one may have to make slight adjustments to their settings to watch. However, generally there will be no change as the channels will operate as they did, only they have been adjusted according to these channel arrangements. May Allah the Almighty infuse blessings in this new arrangement and may MTA be enabled to convey the true message of Islam to the world to an even greater degree than before. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Allah, 